0: You're now listening to Agency brought to you by the Blueprint Training Podcast Network. Twitter has new management. Have you followed any of that? What's your take on Elon now being, the, I guess, the CEO of Twitter?
1: It's a loaded question. It just instantly becomes political, right? From a business owner point of view, I can kind of understand. You know, it's really unfortunate and it's really shitty, but from a purely business point of view i get it i understand the mindset of of it when somebody's coming in and trying to inflict change and build something that they want their people they want you know their their mindset their opportunity their everything to be coming from you know the leadership so unfortunately i understand that but that aside i haven't really been following it too much because it's going to take so long for anything to actually happen like people were already up in arms like oh like this is being blocked or now this paid speech is open it's like yeah. Elon I was like, no, I haven't done anything yet. <laughs> like, yeah, we, haven't touched, is,
0: we haven't touched anything. And Elon so far has proven to be really hard on people in all cool, of this. For sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. I totally, I totally, totally agree. I'm more, with that.
0: I'm more curious about like how advertisers come back.
1: The ad product wasn't very good to begin with. And I think that's the, the core problem that he's trying to fix with the verification, like the monetization at Twitter has been, broken since day one, literally since day one, they've never been able to figure out the ad product and they should be able to, because Facebook and Google have built multi, multi, multi billion dollar. I've advertised a decent amount on Twitter. And we always end up pulling back for a number of reasons. Number one, because the the targeting exhaust very quickly. Twitter campaigns shut, like within a couple of days, there's not a whole lot of targeting options.
0: So right now on Twitter, you can, I think, select things like hot take you, there's this little dropdown where you like, you can add like a little modifier onto your tweets. He goes, the problem that right now is targeting, right? Like if I follow Ryan and Ryan tweets about marketing sometimes, but sometimes about football and sometimes about others and sometimes about country music, like how do we serve ads to, cause it's just people sharing their lives. Like that's really hard. He goes, yeah. but if people, if we had that dropdown, where in the dropdown, they could select like marketing, like this is a marketing tweet. Cool. Now all of a sudden I have my targeting fixed. Yeah. It's obviously not that, but they already have the technology to do a lot of this stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I do think that it's a fixable problem from an advertising platform perspective. I mean, wherever there's attention, there's an advertising opportunity. Twitter doesn't really have that many ad placements available. You look at Facebook, they have Facebook, Instagram. Whatsapp is is still in development, but then you've got feeds, you've got stories, you've got videos, you've got so many different placements that you can use on those platforms that, you know, that's Facebook's biggest thing. Facebook is just, is only looking to basically build out features and acquire new platforms just so they can get more advertising space because what's happening is it's so crowded now that the costs just get driven up. So. When costs go up too high, a lot of advertisers leave the platform, which is great for people like us who know how to manipulate it. But with Twitter, it's like you got the feed, and that's kind of it. You know, there's not really any other pla- there's not really any other placements. Which, as an advertiser, honestly, is kind of good because that's where you want to be is in the feed. It's it's the most valuable real estate. But they've just never really figured out how to make it scalable. It can be difficult to understand how to target. But at the same time, it's like Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok do it. They just listen to us. <laughs> They're literally listening to our phones. You know, I don't, I don't. The, probably not public information on how to do that, but there's ways that they can fix it. And I think that they will end up fixing it.
0: I wanna talk about a few things. The first thing is somebody asked me on, what would it take for a SaaS company to work with you, Brendan? And honestly, like I have my, I have great positioning, but I didn't have like a quick bullet point list of like who an ideal client is for me. And I thought to my, like my initial answer was, can you pay me? And can you do the work we're going to say we should, you should do, right? Because a lot of what I do is strategy, right? I'm not writing the content for them. right? And then I was like, well, that is really, like, when I say it out loud, like, that's really low standards, right? Like, I don't have anything in there about, you know, like, what they do or where they are, their team, like, there's all these other things that actually forced me to sit down. How do you, how do you think about, like... Raising standards when it comes to stuff like that.
1: I know where you're coming from this in terms of being like, damn, I don't have my ICP fully dialed out like I thought I did. But I also think that
0: because you're overcomplicating it,
1: I think you're overcomplicating it because I do think that that does answer it in a sense. It's like, a, you know what I do. (laughs) You know how I do it. And you know what it costs and you know what type of results that you're gonna expect from it right and you know exactly what i'm gonna do and you know exactly what's expected from you right so to me and especially the way that you do your marketing is that people are able to self-select right the root of like that qualification is are they are they capable of basically paying me and executing and getting results from my service when we do very aggressive and transparent marketing consistently, like both of us do, people know that coming into it ahead of time. That's why your close rate is so high. That's why the quality of your leads is so high because they know exactly what they're walking into outbound though, right? When people have no idea who we are, no idea what we do, we have to be hyper, hyper specific with dialing in that ICP because we want to try and remove that from the end of the sales cycle, which is I can't afford this because the qualification that we're doing ahead of time, again, for you, they're self-selecting They've convinced themselves that this is going to be worth it because they know you're the guy. They've seen you doing the marketing. They know exactly what you do. They know exactly how much it costs and they know what their expected return is, right? Because they're educated outbound. It's different. They have no idea who we are. We have to try and beat back that pricing objection through our prospecting based on what we know they're doing, what we assume they're doing in revenue, headcount, and total service locations, right? If an attorney has three locations, they can afford to pay for us, right? But again, that's different because we'll get a lot of attorney leads that come in that are solo practitioners, you know, one, one single service, one single location, they see our pricing, they see our process, they see our expected results. So they're self-selecting to put themselves into our ecosystem. So I I don't think that you're off by saying that (laughs) because at the end of the day, you know that that's your criteria to get results, right? Like, you know, a, if you can pay my retainer, B, if you have somebody who can, work with us and create this and see, you're ready to go. Then like, absolutely. Like that's all it takes to work with us. You know, I do think as you go up market, you'll start to look a little bit more at their product, right? Cause when it comes to SEO, it's really not as much about their product as it is about being able to create and kind of beat back the algorithm, right? If you're starting to talk about other things like paid advertising, outbound sales, you know, really putting together, even like a, like a LinkedIn campaign for people, they've got to have something that can help them differentiate themselves in the market, either yeah. being from a marketing communications point of view or being just having like a stellar product, right? Those are the additional things that you could like additionally start to layer in, in terms of being like a category leader, you know, having a certain number of views on cap G2, something along that, along that nature. Right. But I don't think that you have to based on how I know that you run your service. So I don't think you're off at all for, for giving that response.
0: Yeah. I love that. And that's the other thing too, is I'm also trying to, I've become obsessed with this idea lately of like, content IP, it's the same thing as having, you know, thesis and stuff, but it's also something, and this is a cool thing is like when we do stuff for ourselves, like we can also do it for customers, right? Like we did this at a previous agency. We grew a lot through LinkedIn conversation ads and then immediately rolled that out to a bunch of ads and upsell, cross sell, whatever. It's the same thing for what we're doing right now. Like everything we do for ourselves, when we help ourselves with positioning right everybody who's in blueprint who's gone through sprints that has gone through our positioning and offer design could slash should probably be offering that to their clients like you have a system you know works it worked for you it brought them in right like why aren't you helping all of the like local dental you know people like dentists differentiate their message instead of like hello i'm a dentist would you like to come here Because that's what most of them are. Tell me, this is something I promised. We had a coaching call yesterday for Sprint's members. And one thing we were talking about, one of the reasons I love that is like, I get to be transparent, right? And I'm transparent here on the podcast as well, but it's a different level of transparency. And we were really talking about like hiring that first salesperson. I'm in the middle of a focus week this week, so no client calls. I'm just focusing on big rocks. And that is one of the big rocks that I'm working on is, and we've talked about it a bunch. Anybody who's listened to every episode knows we talk about this pretty much every time it's time to hire a salesperson, right? Like when I got those 15 leads in one day and I'm like, all right, cool. That's roughly eight hours of calls that are coming up that I just added on my calendar, the follow-ups to those, which there inevitably will be, I usually don't like have to disqualify a lot on the first call. That's another 15 hours of calls. Plus all the follow-ups, plus creating decks, traffic projection, all this stuff. And it's like, I don't have that in my calendar. Like that time does not exist. So I want to talk to you about hiring a salesperson because, Mm -hmm. and I want to get like really tactical about, because I know it's something that you have done multiple times and continue to do. So it is, it has been an iterative process. So maybe let's start here. How, how do you find these people? Like, do you have a way that you think about that?
1: Yeah, I I think before... Before you even get there, you got to start by doing some math, right? Because understanding what a salesperson cares about, they care about opportunities, sales opportunities, and they care about income, right? How much are they going to make? So the first thing that you need to do is really sit down and say, over the last year, how many leads have I gotten per month? What's been my close rate? What's the revenue off the back of that? And then starting to reverse engineer in terms of a comp plan and package, right? I like to pay our agency salespeople a base plus commission, $2,000 a month base. You could also do it as a draw, right? Because if you've got a lot of leads coming, like, so there's, there's, there's just so many, like, there's no one way to hire a salesperson agent, because it highly depends on, on your business, right? Your offer, your lead flow, all these different things, because if you're going to expect your salesperson to go out and hunt, then you're probably gonna have to pay them a little bit higher of a base with probably a little bit higher of a rip, because there's going to be a lot less deal flow, right? Versus you have a hundred percent inbound leads coming in. You could probably even get away with paying them no base and just a straight commission. Like we do a blueprint. Our blueprint salespeople are hundred percent commission because every day they wake up and there's you know, between one and four sales calls on their calendar per day with a 30 to 40% close rate. So we're able to pay them a straight base and they're able to get ramped up pretty quickly. Right? So the first thing you have to do is some math in comp because no salesperson is going to entertain you if you don't have a very, a very well-defined and documented comp plan. So there's ways you can do comp plans. Again, you can do base plus commission. You can do straight commission. You can do a draw, right? Where you give them base and then they sell against that. And they basically pay back the company in a sense until they hit that and then there's bonuses on top of that. There's just straight base pay. I know a lot of agencies. I know Animals does straight base. I know Chris Walker at Refine Labs does straight base. And the thought behind that is they don't like to pay a variable cost because why incentivize one department over the others? But for where you are, I think you you definitely go with the, I I'm a I'm a big commission guy I and mean, especially knowing how knowing how salespeople are, you know, you're going to want to incentivize them. However, again, I know I'm I'm, I'm giving you a lot of thoughts at once here because, because of the fact that people are coming to you highly educated, you're going to need somebody who's more consultative, almost more like an AM or like, I kind of call it like an order taker as opposed to like a true salesperson. So like Alan would be a true salesperson, right? God bless him. I love him not the greatest product or marketing person, but a very good salesperson in terms of core sales skills. Very good at making people uncomfortable in a good way. Very good at going for the ask. Very good at understanding how to change and manipulate offers to get the close. Very good at all sorts of those kind of hard and soft sales skills that a lot of people just don't have, especially in the marketing and SEO space versus somebody more like Caesar, who's directing directed my operations, who's incredibly consultative, incredibly knowledgeable, he would be a good person for you because these people are coming to you highly edged. They don't need a hard close for the leads that you're getting, right? They need somebody who's going to basically walk them through the process. Who's going to give them some analysis. Who's going to make them feel comfortable. Yeah, so,
0: a CMO is not going to like get hard closed.
1: Exactly. Like, it's just, it, it's they, and especially because of where they're coming to you in terms of their familiarity, like you don't need a salesperson who's going to walk them through like a deck, like this is who we are. These are our awards. It's like, no, 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 they're educated. They're warm. They just want to know about the process and they want to know how you're going to help them. Right? So I would say for you, and again, this is why it's important to go through this because a lot of people hire the wrong. So I hired the wrong salesperson. It's bit me in the ass before, and it's a very painful process to get out of because once you hire a salesperson you become incredibly reliant on them, for call, taking proposals, CRM management. It's incredibly, you already know. So it's important to ask yourself in terms of how are these leads coming in and what type of service do these leads need? So for you, I would, I would probably go for somebody who's an SEO consultant or a growth consultant, right? Who's maybe looking for a career change, who's looking to not just be hammering spreadsheets and be more taking calls and, you know, incentivized by commission. Right? So that personally, I would, I would look for that type of skill set. So that's part one, right? It's defining that, putting together the sales program. Hey there, real quick, Ryan here, founder of The Blueprint Training. If you are an agency, freelancer, or consultant, we have got the perfect community for you. Our Pro Slack community was built by agencies for agencies, and it is all about creating a network and support system for fellow agencies and consultants to share knowledge, tips, tricks, templates, and get help from the community. We're here to help remove that anxiety from managing and dealing with clients. We're here to be your security blanket. So if you're interested in checking it out, all you got to do is go to the blueprint dot hit the big old button that says pro community. That's it. Let's get back to the show. Part two would be like architecting your sales process, which I'm sure you already have done in your head, but like really documenting it, right? Like what is the full flow from the time they come in? What's expected? What's the CRM using? How do you put them in there? How do you update it? What's the proposal process? What's the template? How do they do the analysis invoicing? All the way on to like account pass off right then part three is putting together a job description to hiring the person i use linkedin i think linkedin is the best place to hire from for companies of our stature in nature so i would post two jobs because linkedin is going to serve it to people based on what you put in i would post one for seo salesperson and i would put another one for like SEO or growth consultant. And then in the description, I would put, just make sure to call it out that this is a sales position and you're looking for somebody with consultative skills and just like put in what you want, right? Post that job and stay on top of it three times because LinkedIn, and I would also pay to boost it. It's 20 bucks a day. You're going to get like 10 times the amount of applications. If you don't boost it, you're going to get shitty applications. I usually spend around $500 boosting it per, per job post on there because you've really got to get like a good 500 candidates to come in. Mm-hmm. So especially yeah,
0: LinkedIn cause they can just one click apply. So you'll yeah, hundred percent,
1: a hundred percent. So I suggest you have to stay on top of those because if you don't, it's overwhelming. You'll get, you'll go to sleep and like wake up and two days later and there'll be 200 applications and you're just not going to be able to give it the full time attention. So mm-hmm. like when I'm going through these hiring processes, like process, I have to check it three times a day because you have to go through and just, qualify, unqualify, qualify, unqualify, right? So you build a list of qualified people. You can just kind of move them over to the next part of the process from there. LinkedIn gives you some interesting features. You can have them submit a video, which I like to do. So like LinkedIn will ask them two questions and they just record a video, like right off the bat. If people don't do it, it just tells you that they're not, they're not going to be a good salesperson because salespeople, again, they have to be, they have to be willing to do the dumb stuff in a sense. And like, you know, I just got a great text message, direct text message, not even like a loom video just a a, a cell phone video from a salesperson who was trying to contact me from before and like it was amazing like that's the the, like people they they just have to be willing to like do that stuff right they also have to be good communicators good on camera so you can just qualify them right away if they're a good fit or not right Mm -hmm. so i usually like to have them submit that so we're going from 500 applicants to about call it 40 qualified to about 10 people that are probably going to submit the video From there, then you schedule, I'll send them a colony link, schedule an interview, like a 15 minute interview, just personality based. Tell me a little about yourself. Kind of get a feel for their energy on camera, get a feel for their skill set. And then from there, qualify again and move it to, you know, two to three people and go very, 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 very detailed. I usually run them through. I'll like give them a website to analyze beforehand. I'll be like, Hey, this is kind of our process. I'll send them like our top 10 analysis, SOP be like here's a website. I want you to pretend like I own this. And on Tuesday, I want you to pitch me, right? I want you to put together some thoughts and I want you to tell me how you'd attack and approach this website. And then that's it. Then you just hire the best one, if not two of them, and you sink or swim. And if you're going with a commission-based sales rep and you have enough leads, I would go with at least two, if not three. And the reason is, is, you know, sink or swim is a very real thing. And when there's competition involved, you want your salesperson to be very, very competitive. That's just me personally, right? So, you hire two of them, maybe three of them. If you're commission based, if not, you know, if you're paying them a base and it's understandable if you go one, but then one, like you have to train them and you, this is the hardest part about salespeople is that you got to stay on top of them on a daily basis. If you are not in constant communication with your sales team, they are going to go off the rails and they will not perform to the level that you want them to. So that's why, Anne for us has been so instrumental because she's kind of stepped in as our sales at WebRus and at the Blueprint, right? Where we have multiple salespeople. And she has, she makes them do daily check-ins every single day in Slack. They have to post what their daily productivity was, how many calls they had, what they learned, what they could do better, things that they need help with. Every single day they have to post it or they get a slap on the wrist. She also has a sales tracking sheet in excel that Mm -hmm. records all the calls we also use closes crm so everything's up there that has to be updated on a daily basis like these are small things that you have to be a micromanager at first to get the most out of them because again salespeople will just if they are not tightly managed they are unless they're a sales leader themselves which you're not going to get then they're just not going to be productive And especially for you, going from probably like a fifty percent close rate, you know, you can go down to a twenty percent, ten percent close rate really quick, (laughs) yeah. With a salesperson if they're not properly managed. So for you, you have to then bake it in to meet with them every single day for at least an hour. I would do at least three roll calls. I would send them as many recordings as you can, sales recordings, right? For the first week, be like, watch all these, and we're gonna talk about it Uh, on Friday. We're gonna do a role play. Just keep sending them like past leads or like websites that you've even closed before in the past. For them to do analysis with like you got to do role play you got to go through it with them have them sit on at least 10 phone calls with you in terms of sales calls right until they're fully trained up it's going to take like a good 30 to 90 days to get them trained up but as soon as you do that this is exhausting <laughs> but as soon as you do that it's going to take the biggest chunk off your plate in terms of and your business is going to double in the next year like i 100 percent promise you it's 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 really that important of a position for agencies to invest in, especially when they have high lead flow, like you do. Like, I don't know how you've gotten to this point.
0: (laughs) My health. That's actually super helpful. One, you know, you said like you've even recently hired salespeople and it hasn't been a great fit. So knowing everything, you know, it is still like maybe have grace for ourselves that we still might make a not great hire. Looking back, this is, I think these kind of questions can only be answered in like a retrospective. Looking back, what was the mistake there? What, what could have been better? What did you learn from?
1: I should have fired him faster. It's funny because I actually have a friend. Well, this guy, Joey Gilkey, he's been on the program before. He's an r- amazing sales trainer f- for agencies. He's done everything with rankings, built their sales teams, whatever. I called in a favor to him. I was like, hey, I just hired this sales rep. Would you mind getting on the phone with him for 30 minutes to an hour and just kind of you know, teaching him a few things, just seeing where he's at? And he sent me a text afterwards. He was like, hey, I hate to break this to you, but he's not the guy. He's like, you should move on from him. And I was like, fuck, man. I already trained him. Like I was stubborn. I was like, nah, it's like, like he'll come through it. He'll come through yeah.
0: it. No, no, no. I got this. I mean, yeah. you want to believe in people. That's, that's yeah. a good thing as a leader. Yeah,
1: But no, he didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. I, I've since moved him to a different part of the business. I didn't get rid of him. I've just moved him to a different part of the business at the agency. But it's so hard with sales because there's so much going on. So it's like, it becomes a thing when you're, they're not performing. Like, is this a lead thing? Is this an analysis thing. Is this, Mm. he's not a close, he's not closing them properly thing. It's, it's really hard to determine that. But like, again, you know, I should have listened to him uh, ahead of time. You know, there's certain things with salespeople, whether they're a true salesperson or not, that they have to be good at. And like being a very direct and clear communicator is one of them and being able to answer and respond to questions confidently, even if you don't know the answer is another one, right? So these are the things that I had found that the sales rep for us was not doing a very good job of, but I wasn't sitting there watching every hour and a half freaking sales call to pick up on it. Right? Yeah. Uh, so it's really, really, really hard to identify, but that's why you have to be in just constant communication with them and stay on top of them, which again, it's an hour of your time per day, but it's going to save you a ton of time in the long run, especially once you get them self-sufficient, like you get the right person in, just like mm-hmm. anything you get them self-sufficient. and. Boom. Now you can build a sales department, right? Now you've got a sales leader that you can potentially build under. And again, with a good offer, a good service, now you can start talking about things like outbound, which is what we basically have him doing now. So he's now full-time outbound. Yep. He's no longer calling on our inbound leads. We're paying double the rip, which could be huge for some of these attorneys. I mean, he could make like six grand a month off some of these attorney, off some of these attorney leads, but he's full-time doing that now, which has been a much better fit for, for, for everyone involved. I but like now we're yeah. now we're in a position where we're looking at being like, okay, if we can get him to work here now we can just copy and paste this and we can just bring in more people because outbound is you're not bound by inbound leads. Right. You, right.
0: You, we're not waiting. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. I noticed that at a previous agency that some of our best operators, some of our best like talent in terms of like, you know, they would manage the client and do the work ended up getting moved to sales. It kind of became like a joke, almost like a trope of like, you know, six months to account executive. No matter what you are, you're a senior SEO, you're senior paid marketer, you'll be an account executive within six to twelve months if you're doing a really good job. And I always thought that that was silly and greedy, but I think you know, on the behalf of the whatever the agency owner, but I think the I think maybe that frame could have been wrong. That like for that agency to you need those people, and sometimes looking at the talent you have that is managing accounts, that is doing the in our case, the SEO work or the PPC work or whatever, some of them might be great salespeople just because they can be so consultative. They've seen so much. The pattern yeah. recognition is so clean.
1: Yeah. And, and again, that's why I said it, 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 drastically depends on, on your agency and, and what your service looks like. And that cause some agencies, man, you already know, like they just sail in the service part of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, they just, they understand that, especially with a lot of types of clients that they're probably not paying attention or they don't know what they're looking at. So they're, Willing to cheapen their service to get more people in the door because then it's just like okay, I'm willing to churn out every one person for every two that comes in the door, and I'm still extremely profitable <laughs> and yep. I'm still growing every month, you know. But a- another kind of stopgap too, this is just something that comes to mind is that if you don't have that consultative salesperson because it can be hard to find, especially in the SEO space because a lot of SEO people are like, I'm, I don't do sales. It's not what I. It's not who I am. It's not what I do. Training an SEO salesperson is probably no, not probably by far the hardest position I've ever had to hire for because of the personality types that are usually SEO people and marketers, right? They're not great communicators. They're not great on camera. They're not good at, putting people in a position to make a decision directly eye to eye you know they're not good at doing that versus a salesperson who's great at doing those things but has no idea about seo or like i tried to put alan to do sales at webris and after one call he was like no i can't do this man (laughs) he's like i just don't know enough about it and i'm not going to learn it just point blank you know so he's like my skill set here is wasted so the other thing that you can do is if you have a good salesperson who has all those hard skills and soft skills, which is really tough to teach and coach and understands how to manage a pipeline, understands how to do follow-ups, like all these things, again, for you who may not be the best at them because you're so good at closing the leads because they're coming through you. You probably don't think a lot about follow-ups. You probably don't think a lot about like pipeline re-engagement. You probably don't think about sequences. You probably don't think about sending out a quarterly report or a, a, a biannual report of like client wins, right to re-engage pipeline. So if you have somebody with those sales soft skills, they can always call you in from the bench. You just change your sales process. So for example, the first call is a qualification call where the salesperson builds rapport, um, takes down a bunch of notes, and then it's like, okay, I'm going to go back and put together a proposal for you, right? And then that's when you know, you have your weekly sales meeting, you give your feedback, right? In terms of what they need to do. And they can also call you in for a call to help close, right? So they bring in a consultant off the bench or off the delivery team to come in and you know, add that Level of consultativeness that the salesperson can not do. Boom, then you're gone. Then the salesperson handles the close.
0: This is really helpful. I feel like, feel like we really laid out a blueprint, for lack of a better word, for people like looking to make that hire. Awesome. I, I keep saying this. We're, we're gonna we keep tabling it because I come out, keep finding out other things that I want to talk about. But this idea that I keep coming back to is this idea of just continuing to expand service area thoughtfully. You know, like we get more freedom in our life when we're able to cover more ground for clients, create an offer, and a lot of that becomes like bolting on services. So we'll definitely talk about that. Definitely talk about that next time. Awesome. Awesome. Look, if your agency is creating more stress than income, you're in the right place. First, make sure you're subscribed to our show so you get notified every week when we publish a new episode. But tell me, do any of these things sound familiar? You get a knot in your stomach every time a client asks a hard question. Are they gonna leave? Are they gonna cancel? Maybe no one in your life understands the pressure of being a leader. Maybe you want to get to $100,000 a month in revenue without sacrificing your entire personal life. Or maybe you just don't know how to get the big fish clients that you really want. Look, you already know you aren't alone. The hardest part of scaling my agency was not having anyone who was willing and qualified to help me when I needed it. That's why we created the Blueprint Pro community. Get access to a network of experts and agency owners who can answer your questions, give you advice, and share important industry news and insider secrets. Join us at the blueprint and click the pro community button at the top to apply.